everyone and welcome back to that first step podcast on today's show i speak with the incredible self-published author kate callahan from starting off to her newly published book crowned a traitor we go through her whole journey on how first to write stories living outside the nine to five life and also self-publishing and everything that comes with it. Before we get into Kate, I want to quickly talk about another book, Untamed by Glennon Doyle. That is the book chosen for the first That First Step pod club. We will be having this event on September 1st and I would love if you could join. So in five weeks time, we will get together, discuss the book, not discuss the book, but have more of a community feel and meet new people in your life that have been connected through that first step podcast. So I would love if you could join. That being said, without further ado, let's get into the show. Okay, we're recording. Hello, Kate, and welcome to that first step podcast. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. My absolute pleasure. Thank you for coming on. Um, it was amazing how we we met through Holly, the wonderful Holly who I had previously on the podcast. So she brings so much joy continuously. Oh, she absolutely does. Yeah, like that. She's my she's my future sister in law. So like that. Um, we we usually spend a lot of time talking about creative things. So I was listening to her pod. I was listening to her on your show, and I was like, this is just it's amazing that to just meet so many other creative people and and see that there's more than just kind of the two of us in the world and just kind of get as many people involved in the creative process as possible. Absolutely, no, 100%, absolutely. So Kate, this today's show is all about you and your journey. So let's get into that. So the first question I generally ask my guests is, what did you want to be when you grew up and what did you study out of school? So when growing up, I always wanted to be a writer. I I I started really young like in books I loved books and I actually really struggled but like a lot of people don't know that I actually really struggled to learn how to read and uh, then that kind of got me into uh, rewriting fairy tales the classic fairy tales into uh, copy books and from there onwards I was just obsessed with making up my own stories making up my own worlds like you know what if Cinderella were a vampire that kind of like I just loved it from a young age and it kind of forced because I was struggling it kind of forced me to work harder at something and I just found a passion for it and then when I was in school I definitely liked English and um, it wasn't even my favorite subject I loved history and art and uh, those kind of all mixed together and uh, helped with writing but um, out of school I actually didn't go to college I um, I decided not to. I knew in school, I just was like, I want to write. So I'm going to get any and every job I can. And I'm just going to write. I went to college and I just didn't go. I just was like, no, I know what I, I know what I want. I, I think college is amazing. I think it's great if you want to like find yourself or if you don't, if you're not really sure where, which field you maybe belong and you want to grow. But for me, I was like, so stubborn and I was like I know what I want and I'm just gonna go for it even even if I fall flat on my face I'm I'm just gonna commit and and I did (laughs) that's great no I love that and and as you said college is great for myself I studied finance so I knew I wanted to go down that route so for that reason it, it made sense but for lots of creative people out there why spend three or four years almost distracted when you can start honing in on your craft straight away yeah, I, 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 I thought it was funny because one of the things I wanted to study was English or like that creative writing. And I found a lot of the courses were kind of analytical, like you were more so reading a lot of books and then tearing them apart and learning, breaking them down and learning how to analyze them. Whereas a lot of the books that were on the courses I'd read myself during my teens. So I was like, I don't want to go to college and read these books again and then break them apart I I want to create my own stories so if there had and then a lot of what I was actually really surprised in was that a lot of the courses I found that were say in creative writing or um 
oral kind of masters. You had to do the the four years first, and then you could specialize in in certain areas. And I was just like, oh, I I could just put those four years into actually writing. So I, I definitely think I definitely think college is important for like a lot of people. I know a lot of people. Everyone I know went to college. Um, so uh, it's definitely a, a hard path to go. Um, definitely is harder, but it's uh, for me. It just it was a kind of no brainer. I just had to something I had to do, but um, I definitely would. I don't. I it's definitely an individual choice anyway. Like it is something you have to kind of consider and see if you're willing to take the risk. Because nowadays it's all about you know it's all about being and you know having a degree and what that brings to you and stuff like that. So, um, but uh, for me, my path was kind of chosen already. <laughs> No, absolutely. It's it's great. And to have that path, you know, your your eye on the prize so young is definitely something to be admired. So you finished school, what happened next? You didn't go down the college route, take us through that. No, so I was determined to just be to just write. So I was like, what'll enable me to write? And at the time I had um I was I was interested in uh, I have a kind of Parade of interests. So I was really interested in um, like kind of cosmetology. So I did a cosmetology course and uh, studying like beauty and body therapy. And I was like, you know what? I'd love to work in like a salon. So I did that. So I, I trained in that for a year and then I realized that I don't want to do that. But, uh, <laughs> and uh, then, but then that enabled me to get a job in, uh, I worked in House of Frasier for a year. So I was, um, uh, I worked for a, a brand, I worked for a lingerie brand and uh, then I did that for a year and like that just wrote, worked full time, uh, ticked along and then I actually damaged a nerve in my shoulder doing that job. So I had to take a year off work and then I couldn't even write and it was a, a roller coaster and then I retrained to be um, a PA, a personal assistant and then did that and then when I was training to do that I learned how to use Excel and more in-depth Word I learned a lot about um I did like a marketing course in it and it actually enabled me to have a lot of skills that helped me with writing and publishing later on um but at the time I was just so like I just kind of need to get a job I'm growing up I need to focus I need to you know, it's like you've been working, but you know, you you really want to get serious now. You know, that way you're not in your teens anymore. You're like, I need to get serious. And, um, but it was amazing how it kind of evolved. And I ended up doing uh, a course that helped me then so much later on, but I couldn't see it. I couldn't see the skills it was giving me. And then when I actually decided to self-publish then it, it, it all, the skills that I learned, like fast typing, shorthand, um, it really all built upon itself and it just it worked out well it just it all became very well-rounded um and like that since then I've just done a myriad of jobs but um it's uh it's interesting to but like that I'm very much like uh I'll do anything as long as I can write and um and that's the thing I, I like I like kind of having multiple jobs. It kind of keeps you on your toes a lot. Um, but again, it's definitely not for everyone. A lot of, <laughs> definitely not for everyone. Um, but uh, no, I, but I love it. And it's, it's amazing how if you're not a, if you're not afraid to kind of take chances and just throw yourself into every project, throw yourself into different jobs, you meet new people um, like that. I did an internship in town with uh, Big Smoke Writing Factory and met some incredible women who run that and they were so empowering and intelligent and they had so much background in publishing and theater and they just uh they're really supportive and, and friendly and I did that I worked with them for about a year and I just learned so much about writing in Ireland and it's just uh and like that I only found that because I hurt my shoulder and then that led me to another course and then that led me to something else and it all just kind of ended up wrapping in like a little bow so um at the time it seemed like a chaotic mess but um looking back it was like huh that led to that and that led to that and you're kind of like am I making any life choices or is um or something else at play going on but um yeah no it's all been it's been a wild ride so um but that's just life I think you just have to keep rolling with the punches and see where it goes absolutely and I think everything happens for a reason and 
funnily enough, you mentioned your shoulder. Last year I broke my leg and I don't think I barely told anyone. I didn't even put on social media because it was almost like, not that I was embarrassed because I mean, it happened in a ski accident. There's nothing to be embarrassed about, but it was just more, it did teach me to slow down and look at what made me actually happy and focus in on, you know, I can still get my job done, not as fast a pace, but maybe I don't need to go as fast as I always go. Maybe I need to slow down a bit and maybe I just need to reevaluate things. And funnily enough, it did me the world of good. And sometimes these things like, you know, the nerve in your shoulder or my leg or someone else's, you know, um, roadblock does make you sit back and say, you know, I have more time to do this, or maybe this avenue is better suited to me right now. So it's really interesting how your nerve in your shoulder led you to meeting these incredible women in the theatre and really explore this new avenue. Yeah, it's, uh, it is amazing how, what can be a negative at the time, and like that it was, it was awful, but it's, um, it does make you think, because at the time I, I lost a lot of power in my hand, and uh, for a couple of months and like that even even holding a fork was hard and and like that I was in a lot of pain and I hid a lot of it and you know the way she don't and I because like that I couldn't work or anything so I was just kind of like feeling sorry for myself but then I realized when something you love is taken away and you can't do it for a period of time it shows you how much you love it and it, it also shows you that you don't need to put like that, like you said, like with your leg, you don't need to put as much pressure on yourself to get things done quickly or to just to get it done. It's more about like, if you actually just enjoy the slower process, you'll enjoy it more. And the end product of whatever you're doing will be better because when you're going a million miles an hour and you're distracted by so many things, you actually aren't seeing what you're doing because you've got like tunnel vision Whereas when somebody ever, do you ever have somebody say to you, like, you need a day off, you need to sit down, you need to calm down. And then when you actually do, you're like, huh, okay, I saw what I'm doing. Okay, I can do it that way. And that's easier and faster. And, you know, you you answer your own questions, even though you think you're, even when you feel like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm doing this right and I'm doing it my way. But then when you take a step back, you're like, oh, I could do it this way and I'll enjoy it more, and it'll, I'll feel more fulfilled, and it's just, it's just interesting how, when you are forced to stop, um, it can open up a whole other pathway for you, and, and show you other avenues that you never even thought that you could do, or that you even wanted to do, so it's all, yeah, but like that, it's funny how the hard things in life are the, are the times that you actually look back on and be like, thank you, I'm glad that happened, because if, it ha- if that hadn't happened, I'd still be I'd, I'd well I would has Richard's gone now but like you know you'd still you'd still be you know you'd still be on the same course or you'd or you wouldn't have it wouldn't have led you to do something else then and then that wouldn't have led you to where you are now so it's all it's all it's, it's very hard to see things when you're on one path but like that when something forces you to stop and like that necessarily doesn't have to be a bad thing that forces you to stop I completely agree with you regarding it doesn't have to be a bad thing that stops us or yeah. slows us down it's more whatever it makes us slow down and makes us reevaluate and say, wait a second, you know, I don't always have to go 90 miles an hour because sometimes you're so busy in the fog and the speed, you don't do things properly. You can't see and it distracts you from, as you said, what you really want. So that's such a valid point. Yeah, 100%. It's very, especially when you're creative, as I'm sure you know, with your podcast, you know, you've got your normal job, then you've got the podcasting, you've got the promotion for the podcasting it's all the other things that you don't think about that go into the creative process and then it all kind of can get a bit it can all weigh down on you but so it is good to take a step back and have days off to evaluate and be like okay what way can I do this better that isn't going to bear down so much you know Exactly. So let's get on to self-publishing because I don't have a clue what that involves. So I would selfishly love to learn, as I'm sure many others would. So you did the internship with the ladies at the theatre. Then you were like, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to self-publish. How did that come about and how did you even start to do that? Oh, so 
when I was working with them, I wrote two short stories for fun. They were just fairy tale retellings, um, which basically just you take a fairy tale and you flip it on its head. And so I did that. And I was like, I knew that a publisher wasn't going to look at them because they were way too short. They aren't sell they aren't like sellable. But I kind of wanted them to be shared with the world. I like wanted to put them out there. I wanted, and at that point I had no social media. Um, so there was no way for me to promote them. But I just had this feeling that I just wanted to share them. I just thought it would be a fun thing to try. And uh, so I went online and I just looked up um, uh, how to self-publish. And that led me to uh, Amazon Kindle Direct Publishing was the first thing that came up. And when you publish an ebook, there's no limit to the page count. So I think Tarawood was the first one I published, which is about Rapunzel. And that one is only, I think, 30 pages. And then Stepmother, which is about the life of Cinderella's stepmother before she even knew Cinderella. Um, so, and how she grew up in poverty and stuff like that. So it's... Um, when I had the, so I think that one was about 80 pages. And uh, yeah, I just, I just went on and I just did it. I just flew by the seat of my pants really. Didn't know what I was doing, how to do it. Didn't, hadn't done any courses, hadn't even Googled how to do it. I just, I didn't even, you know, I just um, threw it up there, but it's, uh, when you go, it's it's hard to it's hard to explain. But when you go on to like um, Kindle Direct, when you go on to KDP, and you have to set up an account and you have to set up like a like a little tax portfolio thing, which scares a lot of people. Every year, I get a thing from America. It's a tax return. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I just I don't know. I just sign it and send it off and pray to God that people aren't chasing me. Um, but uh, it's 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 very straightforward. But I think it's the 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 scariness of the idea that can kind of put people off um because it is it's a harder avenue uh you do everything yourself with self-publishing um you're your marketer your promoter uh you're you know you have to find somebody to do your book cover you have to find somebody to do editing you need beta readers to make to help you make sure the story isn't absolutely terrible you know and um it's a lot of it's a lot of you take a lot of responsibility on because you don't have an editor, you don't have an agent, you don't have a publisher, you don't have a big publishing house to take the weight of the work. So and you don't have their resources to help you. So you have to do you have to be your own everything and uh, which is amazing and hard. <laughs> but um but anyone can do it. Anyone, if you've written a book and you've edited it until you've cried and that uh, you have read it 50 million times and if you just feel like it's something that you want to put out in the world but you don't necessarily want it to be sent to a publisher, there's nothing stopping you from going onto Amazon KDP, which I use, and just because it's, it's a very simple process. Um, or you can go onto Ingram Spark, which is a bit more complicated, um, or Lulu Publishing, which is another uh, complicated process. Um, but if you're just starting out um, and you want to do self-publishing, Amazon is straightforward because you can do an ebook and a paperback, and then that's kind of plenty to start off with if you're if it's like your first book. Because um, like that, once you do, once you add on more editions, it gets more complicated and it can be a little bit harder. It's because I've been doing the I've been doing the audiobook for Crown of Trader, and I, after listening to my own voice for so long, I'm kind of like, am I still speaking? <laughs> <laughs> Sick of my own voice. Oh, same, same. Um, so your latest book, I yeah. saw you're looking at. Um, I was on your Instagram earlier, and you're talking about the hardback. So you said just now, start off with the ebook and the paperback. You're going hardback now. Tell us about that. What's the difference? Why hardback? What's that approach like? So I did, as I said, I did the ebook first with, so I did the ebook with um, Amazon, uh, with Amazon publishing, because that, if you use that, you can do pre-orders for the ebook. 
So I did that. And then the paperback, you just release it on the day it's coming out. Um, so I set up the ebook to come out on the 4th of July. And then I released the paperback on the 4th of July. And then I, I hadn't thought about doing a hardback, honestly. I hadn't, I didn't really, I kind of, when I published the, sh the short stories, I just thought, you know what? I'll do an ebook and a paperback and that's enough. But then as I was kind of doing a bit of research, I realized that um, some people like, like large print as well. Like people, nowadays people want to do, want to read larger print because they don't want to wear their glasses or some people with dyslexia find it harder to read smaller print. So I then added on a large print edition. Um, and then once I had done that one, I just thought, why not try a hardback? But the problem came uh, with the fact that Amazon doesn't, Kindle, Amazon, sorry, Amazon Publishing doesn't have a hardback system. So I had to find a separate um, distributor to do the hardback, um, which led me to Ingram Spark. And I'm not going to lie, I was very hesitant because when you have everything set up with one kind of company, um, it makes getting kind of paid easier. It helps you track your statistics easier. So I was nervous to then try go on to something else. Um, but then I, I found Ingram Spark and I thought, why not? Just try it. A, lo a lot of what I do is I just try. I try, I throw it out there. And hope, <laughs> you know, it's like how you know spaghetti's cooked. You throw it at a wall. Um, so I found them and, uh, and like that I just had, the only difference was that I had to, um, get the recovery done. So I just had to resize, I had to send, um, I use Fiverr. If you, if I need anything done, I go onto Fiverr, which is, um, it's a website for like independent creatives. Oh, wow. So if you need, say like a Facebook banner designed, or you need a book cover designed, or an album cover designed, I, you go on there and you can get it for extremely reasonable prices and it's good quality stuff. So I had the person who created the cover on there, do just resize it and then once it was resized I just uploaded it to the new company and at the moment um I was actually just doing it before I came on here is it's it's much harder doing the hardback because I've done it so that way it has uh, worldwide distribution and I'm kind of figuring out the kinks out of out of that but hopefully it'll be out the 3rd of August hopefully um and then it'll be available in a few more places than just Amazon. Because um, I know not everyone likes kind of shopping on Amazon. So hopefully it'll be available in a few more places. But, but like that, it's just working out the kinks. A lot of self-publishing is problems. You're going to think you've done something right. Or you're going to think you've done something right. You're going to wake up and it's going to be wrong. And you're going to have to redo it. You're going to have to upload it. You're going to have to find somebody to know who does it for you. So it's a lot of being your own boss so you have to figure out how to do everything especially when things go wrong um like that at the moment hopefully the hardback is i got the print of my hardback anyway so it, it, it looks perfect it is oh, perfect great. so now i'm just trying to get it out into the world and um, it, this process is a bit more complicated than amazon so but hopefully i get there in the end it's just a, a process but that's the thing everything's a process and not being afraid to just figure it out make a of mistake of course and that's why I created this podcast because I wanted people to hear people talk about that first step to it all going wrong but then it all going right once I figured it out and yeah. people yeah. don't talk about the scary things like this or they don't talk about the figuring out or the the hours it took to you know fix one glitch because that's not as I said sexy or exciting or people don't like admitting when they're vulnerable and to me vulnerability is so attractive because it really makes people just be humans and say we're all just trying to survive here we're all just trying to get things done and be happy Absolutely. Absolutely. Like that's why I share a lot of what I, I share a lot of the process and what goes wrong on my Instagram, because that's the thing you see these books come out and they're beautiful and they're well presented and they, and you see the ads and you're like, Oh, this is amazing. Or, you know, that way, but you don't see the things going wrong. And, and especially with self-publishing is that, you know, a lot of people tear self-published people apart because they're like, there's mistakes in this book and the cover isn't perfect. And blah, blah, blah. Whereas like people don't realize is that I don't have a team of editors going through my book 10 times, you know, 
I'm doing that or beta readers are doing that and you know the and and you don't you don't have a team designing the concept of your cover and who and professional illustrators who do that for you and and that's not taking the responsibility away from me but it it is a, a harder road to go and uh, it's it's amazing how but I think it I think it's getting better now as more people get into it it's um and the industry is kind of opening up a bit more I think and I like that you see people who have self-published before and then their books get bought on by other publishing houses so it is becoming a more kind of accepted form of publishing um but you still you still definitely have to work very hard to you because you have to chase that level if you want to put your book up against the big dogs then you have to work 10 times harder to get it there and that but that's why i love sharing what goes wrong because realistically these things go wrong with traditional publishing as well they just sweep it under the rug a lot quicker <laughs> you know yeah no, they have you know, like they, PR and and they have agencies yeah, exactly, to handle all exactly. the drama. So, oh, yeah. with your with your book, the the newest book, very exciting. How did you decide on the theme, the length, the price of the book? How do you sit down and come together with all of these um, other parts than just the physical at the end? So with the I'll talk about, so the theme of the book, so Crown to Trader is the title and how I even came up with the title is that I had to research the kind of genre of book. So my book is dark fantasy, which is, well, I should say young adult dark fantasy and young adult is between the ages of 13 and 18, but a lot of people in their 20s read young adult as well. Um, so I had to create a cover that kind of spoke to that. So you don't want anything too childish. You want to keep it kind of simple and clean. And so I had to have a look around at other covers, what other covers look like for that genre and uh, put a bit of thought into that and then find somebody to do that. And then even with the title itself, you have to look up the genre and you have to see, because dark fantasy is, um, is basically fantasy with darker themes. So um, I think kind of like Game of Thrones or something like that, would, or Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings definitely would be a perfect example. And uh, so you have to kind of, pick a title that's that kind of nudges at that so like crowned a traitor is is some is by definition like somebody who's been dubbed a traitor like been you know and you have to, and that kind of sinks to a bit of um like betrayal and you know and you have to kind of figure out what you're trying to say and then create a and like that clara who's the main character is the heir to hell and malum so crowned obviously is because it's about an heir so it's the things that you think don't when you look at a book you think oh not a lot of thought went into that when actually a lot of thought and a lot of research has actually gone into it and uh, so that's how I came up with the title and the cover and price I just went on and I just looked at what other books in the genre and the same length kind of went for and um, the length you decide by what well one how long your book is i'm a firm believer in if your book is 200 pages your book is 200 pages i have a bugbear when people write a book that's 500 pages and you're reading it and you're like honey i love you but it should have been it should have been 300 pages you're killing me, killing me <laughs> with the angst, okay i don't need the description of a waterfall for five pages okay it doesn't need don't need it um but uh that just comes from extensive reading um but uh and but i write very quick as well so somebody might read my book and be like this could have been 500 pages but i i love short snappy fast paced gets you straight into the action and uh so that's why mine came out at 300 pages which is which is average for the genre like uh, young adult dark fantasy tends to be about sixty-five thousand words on the shortest end to about a to anything upwards of I think 150,000 words so it's all you just kind of have to find your genre research it and then build on that once you kind of know roughly where your book should be you can kind of stay in around the middle and uh hope it works <laughs> but um it That's is really interesting but it is it gives you a good gauge because sometimes you can be right you can be writing and you can be like god this word count is killing me if you're trying to reach 150,000. But sometimes your book is 70,000 words and that's okay. 
you know you see that we see these massive thick books now that are like which is came a bit of a trend for a while and it's like I feel sorry for the writer. I feel I feel worse for the editor. I I if I if somebody came if I was an editor and somebody came at me with five hundred pages, I'd throw it in the bin, and say, run run away screaming. It's, <laughs> it's, it's um, even if it's amazing, but no, no, no. There's definitely some amazing books that are five hundred pages, but when you think about the the person behind the curtain who had to do all that work, it's it's a it's a lot. It's a lot. So um, I definitely think that if you are writing you should just go with your gut and and if you feel like your story comes to a natural end then let it end don't add 50,000 more words because you feel like it needs 50,000 more words because that's you're great advice yeah. that's such great advice and tell us right because I work in sales so my job is dictated by the territory I work what hours they're awake so I can hound them and annoy them <laughs> Um, but for a writer and someone who's self-published like yourself and a creative, what does your day look like? Do you have a morning routine? Do you have a certain um, to-do list? If you could take us through that, that'd be great. Yeah. So at the moment, I uh, so Crown of Trader just came out. So at the moment when I kind of wake up, um, I'm checking kind of any emails that I've gotten from any like distribution or making sure if I've got any like promotional things like uh, somebody reached out to me from the radio to be on the radio so I had to check that and get that done and and then you kind of have to look at like a lot of promotional things so in the morning sometimes I do some promotional work like just look up different avenues of how how to promote the best way to promote and uh, which I know you'd think you'd do that earlier on but to be honest when you're kind of self-published you do whatever you can whenever you can however you can so um at the moment just doing that like uh creating ads as well is a big thing that you have to do um but like that it's it's a lot of checking that you have to do when you're self-published it's it's making sure that things have uploaded correctly that your things are going where they're supposed to go and because I'm still at the beginning stages um it's just a lot of getting my book out there in as many editions as I can so like that today I got up did some yoga because I need to calm my brain and um, and then like that I was just working on the audiobook so I decided that was something that I wanted I, that was an addition I decided I wanted to have so um, I spent a week recording it and now I'm just editing it and uh, so yeah I spent the last five hours doing that and, and in between like that trying to do some promotion on Instagram and trying to keep that avenue open some things on Twitter and it's a lot of being active it's been a lot of being self-published is creating an online community um which is amazing as well because you you get to see the personal reaction to your story with a group of people it's not just like you are the person behind the story people get to see your process and they're happy for you when it's done and then they review it and they're delighted and you know that way so it's um it's a very intimate process but uh, yeah my my days kind of change depending on the day um, like in a couple of days I have my author copies coming so I'll be signing them and sending them out so um, every day var varies a lot depending on on what challenge comes up that day um, but yeah no but it is it is amazing no day is the same though so if if you like chaos chaoticness then it's a job for you <laughs> oh I love chaos I love a challenge but I'm not yeah. the best writer so my English <laughs> Cool. Stick to maths, Jess. Oh, stop. Stay away from English. Um, no, I think I think when I was 14, I remember writing a really like really dark, dark story about a woman who got pregnant and ran away from home. And my teacher told me to write things I should be at 14, not at 18. And I think I was a bit of a rebel. I just didn't want to write, you know, pretty stories. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, dark, the darker, the, the darker, the better. Like some of the things I write, like people are like, that's because there's, there's one scene in, in Crowded Trader where like literally somebody gets decapitated and somebody's like you wrote that and I'm like yes <laughs> because I can because I'm self-published because I can <laughs> yeah. it's, it's you know that way and, and, and that's another thing with self-publishing is that like you know you what I found with, with traditional publishing or when I researched the industry I was I was really worried about giving my book to somebody and then being like that's not a marketable ending that's not a marketable character you need to change the middle. You need to change the theme of the book, and and uh, which is one hundred percent fair. They have a massive market that they need to sell to. They are investing time, money, and energy into into your book. So of course they are going to mold it how they see fit. And um, 
but I just, I kind of create the story as it's supposed to be written for someone that I hope gets something out of it. Um, like that. And, but I 100% think anyone can write. I 100% do. I 100% don't think anyone cannot write because you can write 10 drafts, but it's the editing. It's the editing that makes it worth reading. Um, like that. I think so many people get put off that they're not a great, that they'll read something that they wrote and be like, I'm not a good writer. And it's like, did you edit it? Did you write it again? Did you write it a third time? You know, did you think about what you're writing? And I'm like, well, no. It's like, well, yeah, there you go. No, you know, it, it, it's, it, you know, that way it's the same, it's the same when you started your, you know, I'm sure when you started your podcast, you were kind of like, and you got your first microphone, you're like, what do I do? You know, that way, like, you know, you're not going to sound great for a while. You're going to, you know, not know how technology works. And then the more you work at it, the more you grind at it. If it's something you're passionate about, or even have an inkling that you're going to be passionate about it, commit to it for a while and see where it takes you. You could hate it and throw it in the bin and be like, I did it. But um, it's taking the what if out of everything is what is definitely important I think yeah um, no you're so right and um, there's a, a guy I follow called Simon Sinek he's a, a very famous businessman leader just really good speaker as well and he has a book called start with why and he says that with any good business idea you have to start with why because why am I doing this why does this need to happen and if you always have the why in you know top of mind you can keep going and consistency is key and as you said as long as you're consistent and you're thorough with your practice whether that's yoga writing um playing sport hard work pays off and i think people see that and they gravitate towards that and i'm sure you know as you said your first draft of your your book now even though it's not your first book you might have been like all right. But now you're like, when it was time to upload it and you're like, yes, this is my pride and joy. I'm so proud of this. And, and that's the thing. It's, it's, um, oh, what you say? It's, uh, like that. It, when you start anything, it's not going to be the be all and end all, you know, that way, but, but you started and that's, that, that's the thing. It, you know, there, I think a lot, I think a lot of people like kind of our age now, they, they want, something now the reward now why why haven't I got to 50,000 followers when I've been at it a week you know am I not good enough am I not this enough but but it's like when I was doing a lot of research for marketing my book um you learn that every social media has an algorithm you learn that every job has a has a script or a or a way of doing things and once you're consistent and you work at it you know it's it's an algorithm you, you you build up things over time and if you're committed and you're passionate then hopefully fingers crossed you, you you get somewhere and at the end of the day even if you don't and you you know you fall flat on your face you try something else there's no you know that's the thing you you can always move on to something else or it may have or it may evolve naturally into something else you know that way you can like that you start off with a podcast you could end up you know recording something else later on you know that way you everything is evolving and and especially as humans, we evolve all the time. So yeah, like even you said your past jobs kind of led you, like they helped you the skill set to do what you're doing now. So everything along the way impacts your future goals and experience anyway. So just embrace exactly. everything along the way. Um, one of the girls I follow on Instagram, her name is the Anna Edit, and she had a book and she did a book club. Are you thinking of doing like a little virtual book tour or anything like that to bring in your online audience further? I haven't, I haven't really, to be honest. I think I'm at the moment. I'm just trying to get the hardback done and the audio book done, and then once those are done and they're out in the world, then I can start um, doing something else like that. I would, I would love to do maybe like interviews with authors on my own website. You know, the way other self-published authors to help them get promoted and stuff like that. Because it is hard. Does it? You know, it's it is a harder process. So that's something that I think about further down the line. Um, but at the moment, I'm just concentrating. I, I'm a, I'm a demon for doing ten things at once. I, like I'll, st I'll like that. I'll start one thing in the day. I'll finish another thing in the day, and then I'll have started a new project up by the end of the day. And it, 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 it's too much. So you learn to kind of be like, I'm doing this this week, and then down the line can can stop. But um, no, definitely at the moment, I'm just focusing on on one thing. But I would love, to, I would love to like that a virtual book tour. Even like I do some videos at the moment that are just um like that when I receive like a new parcel um which is something to do with like publishing I'll like share my reaction and stuff like that so that way people can kind of be there with me as I'm going through everything so it's a uh, it's kind of fun for me <laughs> to do 
But, um, no, I love that. It's so good as well because I do love your Instagram. How, as you said, you kind of discuss the behind the scenes, and you do, you know, share those videos. And I think that is so fantastic because, as we said before, not enough people are sharing, and that's why yeah. we have Instagram and social media. There's obviously dark parts as well to social, and Absolutely. the last couple of months, I definitely have had tried to steer clear of being on social too much and read my more you know, books, my hard copy books and, you know, even have a jigsaw as old school as that sounds. <laughs> no, I mean, one 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 need a jigsaw in the life, love a jigsaw. Oh my like, God. I just was so fed up of screens. I went through a co- like two weeks where I was like, I hate screens, I hate technology. But then I fell in love with them again. I just needed a, a quick break. Yeah. But no, so I completely agree. And you know, it's so great for you to share that and to share the positives of social and really embrace the positives of social with sharing with your community and bringing together creatives, as you said, and interviewing other authors that are self-published is an amazing idea because like that, you're giving them a platform, you're promoting them, they're promoting you. They're all collaborating to be successful together, which is great. Because that's the thing, like I, I talked to um, two self-published authors, uh, Shauna Richmond and Naomi Kelly, and they're Irish authors as well, like they're Irish authors as well, and like that they, um, they're self-published, and they, and like that they've released books in the last year, or are releasing books, and it's just such a sub- supportive environment, like I, I didn't even have, so I, I've only had social media a year, I, I wasn't on it, I had no interest in it, I, I probably wouldn't have an interest in it if I wasn't doing what I was doing, but when you're like that creative you're almost like oh I want to share this with other people I, I want other people who are doing the other thing or or that are thinking about doing it to kind of be like oh well they're they're doing it and, and you know they're showing that it isn't easy and that it isn't perfect that you don't wake up one morning and the pages just fall in front of you and no it's it's crying and curling up in a ball and you know having a moment and you know throwing things across the room and you know that way it's not easy but and and definitely 100% I think everyone needs to step back sometimes from social media because you do get bombarded with the the kind of the best portions of people's lives and sometimes like that if you are in a process of, of creating something or if you're in a process of and because I found it hard like that when I was like writing my book and I was seeing all these authors releasing their books you're like oh they did it they're there they've made it they've you know why haven't I gotten that far yet or and then you realize that it's a process. It is, you'll get there. You just have to be kind to yourself. And if you need to take a step back from everything, like whether it's sometimes, you know, it's taking a step back from even the people in your own life, you need to take a step back from and just, re- you know, take some time for yourself, you know, have a bubble bath and, and relax, <laughs> you know, so do a jigsaw, you know, watch a horror film, watch a romantic comedy. I'm a, I, I love a romantic comedy, you know, I'll be slaying dragons in my books and then I'll be like, <laughs> I need some Meg Ryan in my life, you know, that way. So you just need to find it's, it's a balance. It 100% is a balance, but um, no, yeah, there's definitely, some, there's definitely some negatives to social media, but uh, it's definitely, but I would say that on social media, what I find is that you have to find a good community on social media, people that aren't competing with you, but helping you. Like me personally, I'm on the bookstagram side of Instagram, which is just, Everyone is just diehard book fans. They love books more than I love books. I will say they have read thousands of books that I will probably never read in my lifetime. And they are, they are not afraid to tell you, even if they are, you know, your online friend, they're not afraid to tell you that could have been better. This could have been worse. Like their passion for books, like only fuels you to do more. And if, if I was done there, I wouldn't have that. So I doubt, but then you see the more competitive side and I think you just have to take it upon yourself to be like I'm not going to follow that person or they're triggering something in me so I need to step away from their profile it's um it's about finding the right community on and that might you might never find it or it might just not be the platform for you but it it, like sometimes I find Twitter is just can get very intense so I I have to to take a step back you know Twitter's just so many opinions you just can't breathe you know you just can't breathe but um but again, it's about finding the right community on these things and, and like that they can be, it's, uh, it's definitely who you're communicating with and, and how they're communicating back with you that, that is key to just keeping it a healthy relationship with social media. 100%. You have to always look at your social and your accounts you follow and say, is this serving me? Is this bringing me joy? And 
if those two questions aren't a yes answer, well then unfollow or mute, like yeah. you can mute them. So you, you know, yeah. cause some people are afraid of, Oh, but if I unfollow them, no, just mute them. Like no one needs yeah. to care. I can't tell you the last time I ever checked people who follow me. I don't know who follows me. So I, know. I really, if they unfollowed me, I wouldn't even know. And that's cool. You know, that's yeah. absolutely cool. Um, so Kate, if you could give your 18 year old self some advice, and you could look at her and say, you poor pet, you're probably terrified, but it's all going to be fine. What would you tell her? Oh, I would tell her to keep going, keep going and take a day off and don't drown yourself because you're just, you know, you'll find, you'll find the right story. The right, I would tell her that the right story is coming and just to be patient, that you'll probably write numerous books and they will, and you won't finish half of them but then the right story will come along and you'll love it. So yeah, I definitely have that. And just not take life so seriously. That, that would be 100%, you know, just, you know, you got plenty of time. <laughs> I think that's such great advice. I think I tell myself the same, do you know what? Laugh at yourself a bit more. You know, yeah. the problems you think you have aren't problems. You know, it's, yeah. it's, you actually are living your best life right now. So just enjoy it yeah. instead of worrying. And Kate, three bits of advice you'd give people out there right now who, you know, want to pursue their passion, but are a bit scared or, you know, don't know where to start. Where would you tell them to start? I'd start with saying, just do it. Just do it. That is like the hardest thing for anyone to do is to actually start. Just start. Don't tell anyone you're doing it biggest advice I would give don't tell anyone you're doing it just do it because once you start talking about it you're going to get a lot of opinions you're going to get a lot of perceptions so get your notebook get your computer sit in a corner wherever that may be a park a field a coffee shop and just do what you love and go from there um but I would want but so that'd be the first thing second thing is just give it time, give yourself time. You, you will get there. You're not going to be an overnight sensation. That is extremely, extremely, extremely rare. And you just have to keep going. And the third advice would be, hmm, live more as well. Don't get bogged down in the creative process. You know, don't forget to live and do some crazy things and see your friends and, you know, go out and do other things and don't sacrifice a lot of time just you know find a balance start with a balance don't have to find the balance <laughs> create a balance to start from <sighs> that's okay. the hardest thing on work on working bad habits is, is the hardest part of being creative because once those habits set in you'll you know oh and and last thing don't don't stay up till 3 a.m whether you're writing singing recording don't stay up till 3 a.m and then be like but i'm creative i stay up till 3 a.m you are hurting your soul don't do it <laughs> I love that. Well, no, I, I, I'm in bed by 10. I'm the granny and granny. I love, but then I'm awake at 5.30 at sunrise. I'm like, what, what are we doing today? I'm full of energy. I, so, <laughs> I am like the opposite. I know I used to, but I used to be the worst person in the world for, I'd come home from work. I would maybe watch a bit of TV and then I would start writing at like 12 o'clock at night. And then I'd finish and then I'd look at the clock and it'd be four o'clock in the morning. And then I'd be up at like nine o'clock for, for work or for school or for whatever. And you just, you just think, oh, this is just my process. That does not have to be a process because you just have to kind of be like, I can just get this writing done earlier. Or, you know, you can, after work, what I found great was after work, you just go to like that. I personally, because I'm, I'd be writing, I'd have a notebook and I'd go and I'd sit somewhere for an hour. I'd just be like, I have to get an hour's of writing done. Then when I go home, I don't do any more. I just, I can relax and be free because once you get into that pattern of, of late nights, you think you're coping and then you burn out and then you waste more time coming back from the burnout than you would if you just went to bed or did some writing before at a reasonable time. Um, yeah, so I definitely say that, yeah. Go to bed early. <laughs> I love that. No, a great, great end to note on. And Kate, where can everyone find you? I actually am so excited. And I, I, I already am waiting for August 3rd to see your hardback because epic. So where can everyone find you? Um, so like that, my website is www.callahanwriter.com. So you can find my 
paperback there and um, if you want a signed copy um or like that you can find me on instagram which is where i am 90 percent of the day um which is just at callahan rider or twitter is at callahan rider so um i'm on those three so i'm contactable on any of those um yeah that's it i think Perfect. yeah no, I'll link all of those anyway in the show notes so everyone can find you. Kate, thank you so much. Uh, this has been an absolute pleasure. And I've learned so much. Like I did not realize at all that I might be like uploading my own book soon. If yeah. <laughs> Amazon, if it's that easy. Absolutely. But the thing is, right, is that there's, there's absolutely nothing stopping you from converting all of these into Word. There's a system on, a, on, on your computer that'll type what you are speaking. So you could read all your interviews back, create a book, that first podcast in a book form, or that first step in a book form of all the interviews you've done for a year to celebrate your one year on podcasting. So there's a million avenues. So, you know, it, it's not saying no to anything or limiting yourself because you would be amazed. Like, you don't think people would read that. And then you, people read anything. There's a million market, you know, you know, there's, you know, there's some very weird areas of, you know the book writing community so if if they'll write read something they'll they'll read that so <laughs> <laughs> oh good to know good to know if i uh if i need an extra bit of cash then i might uh i yeah, might do that we'll know. see we'll see yeah. kate thank you so much and i wish you all the best and i love following you on instagram now so i'm so glad we were introduced and Amazing. thank you so much again for taking the time today Oh, of course. I've, I've loved every second. I feel so motivated now. What else will I do? Oh my God, great. And I, I went to ask you, like, why do you want to prepare so fast? So there you have it. Kate's amazing journey and the steps she took along the way to become a self-published author. I have been really inspired by Kate's journey. I know I'm not ready yet to start publishing any books anytime soon, but if I wanted to, I would have the knowledge to do so and also be inspired. And that's what this is all about. So I hope you enjoyed today's story and please feel free to reach out to Kate with any questions you may have and also purchase her book through her Instagram or her website. Next week, I have a guest who's a man. I know it's taken how many women to get a man on the show. His conversation was so warm and passionate and I hope you're as excited about it as I was recording it and to listen again. So thank you so much for listening this week guys and if you're interested in the book club please DM me on Instagram and I'll share the details with you. So have a wonderful week, be inspired, write down your goals and don't let anybody else get in the way. Until then, have a wonderful week. Bye-bye.